What does a pharmacist do? Well, most people might answer that a pharmacist dispenses the medications that my doctor prescribes. Now, I work with a ton of great pharmacists, and one thing that I don't generally see is excitement about pills in a vial. And this is probably because pharmacists have been trained to do so much more. So what can you get excited about in your community? To find out, let's go Beyond the Scripts. Hey, welcome back. This is Will Tuft, and you're watching Beyond the Scripts. Now, you may have noticed an overarching theme in previous episodes that we're going to talk a lot about innovation and the ability to change. And you can't really talk about those. I can't believe we've talked about those things for two episodes in already and not talked about one of the greatest innovators in American history, and that would have to be Henry Ford. So, of course, we all know the Ford automo uh, automobiles, uh, but maybe his greater contribution was in the way that he made those. So the moving assembly line changed manufacturing for him, but also for his competitors and for every other industry. So he was able to use that assembly line to manufacture the Model T for over 20 years, and he got to where he could do that fast, accurately, and cheap. And eventually... That wasn't enough. So he had to retool and go back because the competition, even though they had more expensive vehicles, uh, was beginning to outsell him. So he retooled and uh, came out with the Model T. And, you know, it's like my, my favorite quote from the CPESN camp, filling prescription or, or in this case, building cars fast, accurately and cheap just isn't enough anymore. So how do you implement change? Well, a couple years ago, I was at the NCPA conference and I got to see uh, Jim Hewling speak. And he's one of the co-authors on the four disciplines of execution. And I won't go into all four, but the first is focus on wildly important goals. And the part that really resonates, I think, with pharmacists especially is the urgent versus important uh, balance of every day you go into the pharmacy and you know that it's important that you implement new programs and enhance services. Um, but what's urgent is Miss uh, Smith at the pharmacy counter or the fill queue backing up. Uh, so it's a hard balance to keep. So how do you retool that factory uh, without losing the, the things that made you successful? So today we have a really interesting guest that has that very experience coming from a family pharmacy, uh, and we have Micah Lansford. Did I pronounce that correctly? I've got a habit of mispronouncing everybody's names. Yeah, yeah, you sure did. <laughs> so, uh, so you were at a uh, pharmacy that's been in the community for quite a while. Tell me a little bit about that pharmacy. So uh, I am uh, the owner and pharmacist. A pharmacist in charge at Roden Smith Pharmacy. Um, this pharmacy has been in the community for almost 75 years uh, and changed hands several times over that time period. My my father uh, was the last owner and 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 I'm the current owner and have been for for two years now. So um, we used to have so many pharmacies in Clovis. There were 12, and I think what um, has happened in a lot of communities is there's been a lot of attrition of these small independent pharmacies that either haven't um, evolved with, with the new things or um, they just, they didn't have the volume to stay open. So um, we're, we're, we feel pretty, pretty blessed to still be uh, open and thriving. 
Yeah, I actually uh, I saw your uh, your father uh, and the, the local newspaper got an award last year. So it's cool to have that kind of that tie to the community and really be part of part of that. So being in that community for so long, uh, you know, how do you how do you implement change without losing that secret sauce that, that made you successful without losing the Ford brand when you came out with that new model? You know, that, that's an interesting question because, um, a lot of, a lot of that thought and that process, uh, is a debate I've had with my dad. You know, he's kind of, to me, represents this old school, old fashioned way of, of doing pharmacy and, uh, and I stroll in, um, having worked in the pharmacy since I was 15, but with a lot of, of new ideas and new expectations um, for what it should look like and how we should behave and, and what we should be spending our time doing. So, you know, I, I had to, um, as I was implementing those, those changes, I, I had to hear the rebuttal and the the um, the old-fashioned desire to keep certain um, aspects of of what community pharmacy has always been and keep them intact. Um, yeah. So that that's always been a huge priority um, as we uh, switch to Pioneer and as we've evolved kind of our our workflow um, over the years to to make sure we maintain that in the process. Yeah, so that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the the problem that I've seen in a lot of pharmacies is they say our patients don't want a change, they don't want uh, to lose that connection. And um, I was actually in a pharmacy that had that mindset. And while I was there, somebody came up with the uh, weekly planner pillbox from the from the floor, and I was like, "Your patients want that; they're doing it themselves." You know, they, they do want to be adherent to their medications. They do want the best way to take their medications because they know that's what's going to keep them out of the hospital. That's what's going to keep them healthy. But it's a struggle. So, you know, how do you maintain that balance? One thing with, with MedSync is that um, a good MedSync program has a lot of communication, like maybe even more uh, meaningful communication than just that, that every now and then, you know, wave over the counter. Right. And I think that's how our communication has has evolved and adapted is that we have a lot more of that type of specific communication, that meaningful communication um, in in transitioning someone from uh, non sync to sync status. The the handoff has to has to enumerate that you, you have to really, in my opinion, explain to the patient that we are, we're gaining time in communication with you whenever, whenever we synchronize you. Um, and that's, that's really tough to prove to yourself. I think when you're, you're starting synchronization, um, am I gaining more time? And you really aren't up front. You know, those first handful of patients, a lot of times you're thinking this is just a lot more work. Um, but you, you have to, um, you have to see the value in it. You have to be able to commit to it um, and you have to give it that time to really see, you know what, this is, this is where it's heading. This is where we need to be. And, and there really is value for the patient here. Yeah. And there's, there's a, a percentage where, where the, the scale tips where initially if you have a handful of patients, yeah, it is more work. It's a new process. Um, but once you have that, 
economy of scale where you have the same process. It's not new anymore. It's when you really start to open things up. So during those first steps, when your, uh, your team is kind of looking at you like, man, this new guy coming in here with his med sync and his rock music, <laughs> is he, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, this looks like more work for me. Like, how do you, how do you get your team on board with a process that, you know, can seem, um, you know, on the surface, if you're reluctant, it can seem like you're doing this in more of a like closed shop kind of way that's less personal. So how did, how did you kind of counter that with your team? Well, you know, the first thing was, is I had to sell out to it myself. I couldn't be fickle on, on how I felt about it. And so me and another new pharmacist, we, we kind of took it on that we're, we're going to figure this out. We're going to, we're going to, take a sample of patients and, and do it for a few months with them and, and just kind of follow the process, see what, you know, uh, nuances to it, uh, weren't, uh, readily visible that we needed to kind of come up with answers for, um, and have, have, um, have those questions addressed before we just jumped, jumped head in and, and, and dealt with them as a whole, uh, company or a whole pharmacy. So, you know, getting that first, couple months and figuring it out myself with this other pharmacist, um, it, it allowed me to, to have the buy-in for myself to be able to then take those case studies to other staff, other pharmacists, uh, and, and say, this is where this patient was. This is how many times they came in throughout the month. This is how many phone conversations we had with them. This is how confusing their profile was before. And this is where they are now. And isn't this easier now that we manage them this way, not only for us, but really more so for the patient. Um, they only have that, that one trip in here to pick up 10 medications a month. Um, and, I, and I could go on with the, the benefits of it for probably too long, but I think establishing that vetting process for myself first was, was most important. Then it allowed me to take it uh, and scale it and go, what is it going to take to get buy-in from the rest of the staff? Um, and how, how do I implement that? And, and how do we, how do we measure that? And, and measuring it has been, uh, I would say key to the growth in our MedSync program throughout, throughout the last few years. Yeah. And, um, for anybody that hasn't read the, the four disciplines of execution, you just touched on a couple of the others. Um, so when you, when you started, did you begin with, um, like your most difficult patient or did you start with like somebody, you know, um, like what was, what was kind of your warm up approach? I, I, I don't think we started with the most difficult patient. I think we started with some, some low hanging fruit, you know, this person's compliant. Um, they're on five or six medications. They just come in once a week to pick up them and they wait until it runs out. You know, those pe people that you have a little bit better relationship with. Um, and, and just like we've done over the last year with strip dose packaging, you know, you can't just, you got to figure out how that fits into your workflow all the same. And yeah. you got to really start that with patients that you trust, that trust you, that give you a little bit more grace because you're going to need it as you're figuring out a new system. So, 
Absolutely. You know, we handpicked those, those first batch of patients to go, we're trying out a new thing, we're figuring it out, but it's, it's going to be better in the long run. Yeah. So one of the things I think is really cool about your pharmacy is how you've started to educate your patients on the sync model. So instead of seeming like an upsell, would you like to join this service or something like that? Um, you kind of present it to them, like with the trifold, like, hey, this is kind of our concierge service. You know, it really makes it seem like, oh, this is this is something special. Right. Well, uh, I learned um, from a couple different situations that presenting it as an upsell was not going to work for for mass synchronization purposes. Um, I think I was at the Pioneer Conference a few years ago, uh, and I heard Joe Moose say that that um, that it didn't work and he ended up transitioning and just automatically enrolling all of his patients and i thought well that you know we have um our volumes a little bit too big to do that and it felt like we wouldn't be able to accomplish it that way and, and i didn't have the chance you know you really need to explain it to a lot of people and and how it works and why you're doing it so i didn't i couldn't take that uh drastic of an approach but but what we did do was we changed um, changed our language and how we how we spoke about it. We we quit saying you know would you would you like to sign up for synchronization? It's a really good thing because the majority of people's uh, default answer is oh no I don't want to I don't want to sign up for anything. Right. If you try to upsell me on anything at point of sale, no, I'll pass. <laughs> right. And uh, you know I listen to. I like podcasts a lot. I listen to a lot of po podcasts, um, and I listened to this this book from a guy uh, that was mentioned or referenced in a podcast. His name is Richard Thaler, and he uh, he won a, a Nobel Prize for um, behavioral economics. Wrote a book called Nudge, and the whole premise of it is is kind of around this this upsell thing, and. and uh, one of one of the points that the book lays out is if you make the default what you want them on and allow for people to opt out, then you're going to have more buy-in. And so I, I've really bought into this behavioral economics philosophy of of doing pharmacy. So so now we see patients that that need to be set up that haven't been set up yet or are new patients, and and we tell them you know uh, we are a pharmacy that prioritizes patients and um, and we do that by synchronizing our patients to make sure that we're going to do everything right on time when it's supposed to be done uh, and just be a few steps ahead of you and the doctor. Um, and so we already have that set up here and this is how it works. Now, if we have patients that go, oh, I can't do that, um, you know, then it's a different conversation. It's why they can't as opposed to why they shouldn't. And right. um, whenever, we, whenever we flipped our philosophy on how we were talking to patients on that, most people are, they're okay with it. They go, I can get them all on the same day. And yeah, sure, that's no problem. Right. Um, so that, that was a big change, big deal for sure. One of the misconceptions, I think, about a MedSync program is that it is going to be less personal and it's just centered around, you know, having all the medications ready on that day. But there's a lot more that goes into that process. Um, so that communication element 
I think is is crucial. So how far out do you do those MedSync calls? Tell me a little bit about the communication process. So we're, we, we make the sync call seven days before the runout date. Um, you know, in Pioneer, it has the, the sync date listed there as like the pivot date. And um, it, it is the sync date, but it's also the date that they truly run out of medications or they're supposed to run out of medications. And so we, we make that call a week in advance um, or send them a text message, whatever they prefer. Um, and, and really, you know, it's, it's just enough time to allow for all the work that needs to be done in between. And we, and we follow the, uh, you know, the guidelines or the schedule for processing, printing, filling, and checking that, uh, pioneer had posted at least as of a few years ago. I don't know if it's changed much, but, uh, we, we do it such that it allows, you know, a few day buffer time so they can pick it up before they run out, of course, three or four days. That's pretty cool. So have you seen uh, with that new model, as you get a bigger percentage uh, and you do have a little bit more predictable workflow, you know, how has that affected just the, 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 the cadence of the pharmacy on, on the day-to-day? Well, you know, there, there was a tipping point. I would say our tipping point really was uh, probably – two, two and a half years ago, whenever our, so, so we, we split it, we split the fill and the check day on different days. And I think the default kind of recommendation in Pioneer is that you process and you order and then you, you fill, uh, you print, fill and check on the same day. And we, we split it on different days. Um, and the reason we do that is, is we would, uh, we would just have so many waiting for check. Um, and we wanted it to be like this new separate process that kind of had its own space that nothing got left behind. Um, and whenever we didn't have enough room on the counter to, to keep all these totes that were waiting for check the next day, I had to, to modify and add a counter in the back of the pharmacy, um, just for filling sink prescriptions. So, as of today, I have a sync technician that's a, a part-time technician that comes in at seven o'clock in the morning and fills all the medications and orders the ones that will be checked the next morning at seven, uh, uh, at seven o'clock in the morning. And so we have um, um, special sync totes and we have a sink wall that's, you know, the common Uniweb pharmacy fixtures. And, and we fill up a whole wall of prescriptions. They're waiting for check for the, for the next morning. And whenever we got to the point where we, we needed that space, uh, that was whenever it, you know, things fell over and we hit that tipping point because all the staff started to ask the question, well, why isn't this patient synchronized? And, it's a lot easier for us now if the patient is synchronized and we prefer it to go through that process over there um, because it, it does just um, account for so many variables and, and keep us ahead of, ahead of the patient's needs. 
Yeah, if somebody's um, written a maintenance medication, you know, why are we surprised when 30 days later they want to swing by in 10 minutes on their way home from work and pick it up, right? Um, you know, to have that predictable workflow. Uh, part of that is, you know, that's part of the challenge with MedSync is that it is so flexible. Um, sometimes when there's too many options, it can be a little difficult to, you know, know how that needs to be configured, you know, so as you were working through that process, did you reach out to like your support person or did you just figure it all out on your own? Like what, what was kind of your methodology there? You know, I had uh, so many very helpful phone calls with my account rep, my software account rep at, at Pioneer, uh, Kendra. She, she, uh, she no longer works at Pioneer. She moved on into the medical field herself, but she was such a huge asset because as we would uh, hit roadblocks and not really understand how to manage or how to adapt um, our workflow with, you know, the defaults and pioneer um, she helped me understand it. And, and, you know, then it was up to us to figure out how, how we wanted to set our workflow on our side to account for, for those things. When you start to talk about an entire wall full of sync, right? That's like, okay, this, this pharmacy is doing an awful lot of sync. How many patients, what percentage of patients would you guess you have on a sync program now? Uh, I think as of this week, probably, you know, it's, it's, it's something I used to look at probably every day. Cause I, I, uh, it, it was just changing all the time. And, um, I think as of today we have right under 4,000 sync patients. It's a lot. It, it, it is a lot. And, um, but it, it, it's, it sounds like a lot of work, uh, but it's less work now, now that they're synchronized patients. Oh yeah. I mean, if you, if you start doing the math, uh, if you start putting a pen to paper on touch points of a patient calling the pharmacy to request a medication, you calling them to let them know it's ready, them coming to the pharmacy and spending, uh, 15 minutes at the counter, your check station, your fill station, your data entry, and even if those are extremely efficient, if you're doing all of those things separately four or five times a month, all of a sudden you have 20, 30 touch points with one patient. And it's a, it's a huge time spent. I can't imagine doing a really, really high volume uh, without a sync program. Oh, I can't now. I, I used to, uh, you know, our, our weeks look so much different now than they used to. We, uh, we used to have Monday as most pharmacies being our busiest day, you know, patients, realized that they um, were about to run out or ran out of their medications over the weekend and they call on Monday morning first thing and you know that that historically had always been our busiest day and now our busiest day is Tuesdays and Wednesdays which I don't know what business doesn't want their busiest days to be in the middle of the work uh, work week but I mean what that has done for our um, flexibility within the pharmacy, um, allowing people to, you know, take time off, you know, everybody wants to take time off, uh, over the weekend on a Friday and a Monday and kind of take advantage of that built-in time off. And historically, you know, that was tough. We didn't want employees or our own, uh, our own selves to be gone on Monday. You can't be gone on a Monday. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. that was what my dad told me growing you, you know, we, we got to be back uh, for before Monday morning. Cause it's, you know, we're going to hit the ground running and, uh, anymore, you know, that would be the preferred day to be out of town is 
Thursday, Friday, the weekend, and Monday. Oh, nice. Uh, it's it's uh, it's worked really well for that for that purpose. So when uh, when you're working towards that sync model, you have your patients that you're talking to through the week. You know, we we see all of these different things at the trade shows that we should start doing in the pharmacy, offering consultations and and fitting for diabetic uh, accessories and shoes and and so forth and uh, you know DME products or. Um, uh, immunizations, you know, there's so many different things. And it's like, if somebody's coming into the pharmacy to just pick up a medication, it's hard to say, Hey, do you want to spend 30 minutes trying on some shoes? Right. Um, same thing with, you know, any of those enhanced services. So have you seen like that appointment based model kind of come into play when you're making that sync call to kind of build out those other opportunities as well? You know, we, we have, um, a little bit, uh, we don't, we don't do any billable DME or, um, things like that. We have a, a robust immunization program. Um, and we are, you know, as compliant and up to date with our MTMs, uh, CMRs, tips, all those things that, that we can be. Um, but I, I think what it, what it's allowed us to do is just figure out how we want to spend that time and, and have the opportunity to, to make those assessments for ourselves. Um, do we want to add in a service like that? Because now we, we have time, uh, you know, we have scheduled purposeful conversations with the patient. Whereas before we'd be, you know, calling them to do an MTM and they're like, why, why are you calling me? I call you kind of thing. Um, <laughs> And, and now they get a call from us and, you know, we try to tie that in with, with the sync call, uh, if it's necessary to say, oh, by the way, you know, your insurance has prompted us to talk to you about your medications a little further to do in the CMR. And so it becomes a lot more natural, um, of a conversation. They start to kind of expect that, you know what, my, my pharmacists are going to, they're going to ask me more questions than they used to because, they they're they're doing things better or or um more than they did before sure um so and what what it's provided me um as the pharmacist in charge as far as time to look at our systems really i'm i'm a big systems person uh, i just love that about pioneer because it's just riddled with with great systems um it's allowed me to look at things that have gone, um, under the radar that need to get attention that we never had time for before. So, uh, you know, I, I just this week rolled out an updated, uh, controlled substance dispensing policy that, you know, needed to be refined, needed to be, um, clarified. And, you know, before years ago, it just, it would have felt like we never had time to make sure that everything else we're doing was doing was being done correctly and communicated uh, to the staff so they they know what to do. Anytime we can create a system like synchronization where you have to come ask your manager, ask the pharmacist a question, you know, what should I do here or how do I do this or is this okay? Uh, I, I believe that's really important for the pharmacist in charge or owner to uh, create as many uh, clear system so that you don't have to be asked questions. 
Um, that, that's how we're going to free time to do uh, DME shoe fittings or, or whatever it is at, at anyone's pharmacy. Um, I, I think sync is the foundation to providing that time. And, and I don't think anybody will ever think of pharmacies other than a place to fill their medications. Um, and I think because of that, a foundation of, of what we has to, of, of what we do has to be filling prescriptions and doing it in the most efficient and thoughtful way possible. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely seems like there's a crunch on like medical care across country anyway. So, I mean, being able to get as much value from the most accessible uh, members of healthcare just kind of makes sense for the patient. And I got to think if you are a pharmacist, if you're filling this, you know, one patient's prescriptions five or six times a month, there's got to be some level of you know, warning fatigue where you see these alerts coming up in Pioneer RX, you see these, um, you know, uh, various things popping up. Uh, and it seems like if you're dealing with that patient five or six times, maybe you're not going to dig in as deep every time. Whereas if you have this one, like organized process for this patient, you kind of take a, a bigger view of, of that patient's complete care. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's why we kind of adapted our um, sync program where it's checked the day after it's filled. Um, we have um, we have three full-time pharmacists on staff and, and, and two part-time. And, you know, historically we, we needed four pharmacists, three or four pharmacists all day long because there was a, a volume of checking that justified it. Um, but checking prescriptions in front of patients all day long um, to me doesn't bode well for what we do in our profession. They, they, what they see is they're just back there checking prescriptions. They don't have time to talk to us or they don't have time to, to give recommendations. And, and so when I realized that we could, um, we could push that to earlier in the day before we opened the doors, uh, we jumped on it. We had always, send in one person early to, you know, do anything that had already been queued up or set to future fill in the day. Um, but whenever we, we realized, you know what, we could send in one, two pharmacists at seven o'clock in the morning and check all of our pre-filled sync patients. Then now we have the time to not only look at it, look at it before we, uh, fill it, but look at it when we're checking it to look at the whole picture, not be distracted by questions from other staff, uh, phone calls or, or anything, patients out front. Um, the lights are off out front and each day we have at least two, uh, this morning, Wednesday morning, we, uh, we had three pharmacists checking prescriptions from, from seven until, uh, nine o'clock. And, uh, or I'm sorry, yesterday morning, uh, three pharmacists from seven to nine o'clock. And I think we checked about most Wednesday mornings, we check about 700 prescriptions before we open the doors. I feel like there's a lot of pharmacists right now listening, like that sounds incredibly peaceful and nice. <laughs> it, it is, you know, and I really value uh, my, my dad's feedback on it because uh, I mean, he, he's the era of pharmacists where, man, he's an efficient checker. Like he, he, um, that, that was just kind of what, what his generation of pharmacists 
retail pharmacist, you better be good at, at checking and checking fast. And so in, in my kind of transition to, uh, to owning the pharmacy and to um, allowing him to pseudo retire, it, part of it was how, how can we best utilize the different ages of pharmacists we have on staff um, you know, because me and, and, and our newer pharmacists, we're interested in the clinical aspect of it and managing sync patients. And then, uh, my dad or older pharmacist, you know, that's, that's a tougher, tougher hill to climb for them, uh, figuring out how to manage a sync patient, how to, um, how to do MTMs and that kind of thing. Uh, and they still have a lot of value and time left in their career, but they don't necessarily want to want to spend it in that way and so you know it it, it's a a great mutually beneficial kind of situation he comes in uh three of the the five mornings a week works from from seven to nine doing what he's really good at checking prescriptions and he loves and tells me how enjoyable it is that he comes in and, and and does something that he's done forever and is good at but it's easier to to look at the whole patient because we'll check up you know uh, ten prescriptions for a patient and then we're looking at their profile and making those assessments. Is everything here? Is everything for the right quantity? Are there any actions, uh, any interactions that need to be addressed when the patient comes and picks it up? Because we're looking at everything right now, and um, you know, and then and then he's out of here most days by before we open. Uh, to enjoy life a little bit more. Um, Go hit the golf course, huh? That's that's right, yeah. (laughs) I've noticed on your website, you advertise that you have compounding services, you know, return to stocks are never fun uh, in a pharmacy setting, but if somebody doesn't want to compound that cycle, that's a real hassle. So having that sync program, that seems like it would really help with that personalized medication aspect. Has that made it easier to get your compounds into the patient's hands or is that something that seems kind of unrelated? It, no, it is related because, you know, historically I think our, our, uh, IVR recording would say if you're calling in a refill for a compound, allow up to 72 hours. Um, and that's always frustrating that relationship with the patient where they go, but I'm out now and you go, but I can't get somebody back there, uh, or I don't have it cued or there's so many ahead of you, I can't get it today. And, you know, with, with us compounding, um, we're able to see what's been cued, uh, and go, well, I'm going to grab that out of the queue and go ahead and start working on that. So it's ready on the same day with the other medications. And so we very rarely run into a situation, even with compounding anymore, where somebody says, I need this refill today. I can't wait until uh, it's supposed to be ready with the rest of my medications. Um, it, I mean, it, those, uh, outliers always occur, but, but now we have uh, so much extra time that we can accommodate them better and make sure they're set up to be synchronized the next time. Um, I, my, my big thing is avoiding, uh, the same problem multiple times. You know, you have that patient that they always wait until the last <laughs> day to call in their, uh, you know, whatever on Friday afternoon when you're not going to get an order till Monday. And, um, so, you know, kind of what I preach to, uh, to my staff is let's not set ourselves up 
to have to fix the same problem over and over again. Let's let's um, let's try to find a long-term solution to problems that won't represent themselves. And, and most of the time that is, let's synchronize the patient. So you have other services in your pharmacy that I can't imagine trying to offer without a sync program. And again, it's, you know, the more you add on those enhanced services, the more and more you see the value, not just in workflow, but, and the possibility to offer so many other services, but, um, your strip packaging. So before we talk about that, um, and maybe, maybe I don't know if I'm going to want the answer, but does your device have a name? Does your robot have a name? I would say it's a she. I, I know that much, but <laughs> I don't think she has a name yet. Our, our Parada that we've had for, I think, uh, 10 years now is Gabby. But our, our Rapid Pack uh, does not have a name yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> with the uh, – this, uh, st- you do strip packaging or – Strip dose packaging. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I can't imagine trying to do that without a sync program. That would be, I mean, impossible. Yeah, it really would be. Yeah. So are, are you doing that for all of your patients, retail patients, or only for facility patients? What? How do you offer that to your patients? So we do that for um, any patient that wants to sign up with it. Um, haven't been able to to get the facilities. Um, they don't see how that works with their, their systems already in place here. So we do single dose packaging, um, for them still, but, but yeah, patients that want to, um, to do that, you know, we, we saw it as something, a service that, you know, you, you see everybody else that's providing it. And, and we just thought we have to, we have to have a presence here. We can't just, uh, turn our, our head away from this, this looming thing that everybody is going to want or really a lot of people need. Um, yeah, I, you know, I still haven't advertised it in a, in a big way and keep telling myself I need to do that now because we're, we're ready for, uh, taking on a lot more, uh, strip dose packaging patients. But, you know, it, it was a process like sync where we had to figure out what are, um, what are the problems going to be? And how do we manage them whenever they come up? And I, I will say there's an equal amount of problems that can come up with, with strip dose packaging um, that can come up with, with medication synchronization. I mean, whenever you, uh, you know, up front, I think there were several patients we'd spend more than an hour in the pharmacy. And we have this time because we're synchronizing, right? So one of the pharmacists would step aside and, and explain to them multi-dose packaging and, and go through that process of setting them up. Um, and, and people want to utilize all the medication they have on hand. And that is something that pill pack and these mail order multi-dose, uh, strip dose packaging pharmacies, they don't even entertain the idea of it. But at the local pharmacy, they want to be able to bring in all the bottles they've gotten from you and utilize them. And so figuring out if we can do that and how to accommodate that and uh, how to go back and admit them into the facility, take their medication or not and utilize it. I mean, that, that was a huge thing that we had to decide, are we going to do that or not? And what is our answer if it's no? Um, and most of the time, we don't do that because it is an incredible amount of work that cannot be recouped from anywhere. 
Um, yeah. And, and you'll just spend an hour or two trying to, you know, I got this bottle of whatever that I have 300 pills in because I got a prescription from the mail order twice that I didn't want and I want to use all of them. Right. Um, and so figuring out what your answer is to those was, was huge. Um, and then another disappointing thing was doing this work and packaging them and then them never picking them up or picking them up two weeks late. And the date is off on the packaging now because mm-hmm. it's dated specifically for the sync date. For, uh, the, the first date is the sync date for their sync day supply 28 or 30. Um, and if they don't, then, you know, they're concerned, well, you know, it's, I, I did, I had enough or I forgot to take doses and, uh, you know, managing that and figuring out really what you're, what you're going to do, what we learned or what we decided as a pharmacy is the patients that didn't, um, that didn't do well with multi-dose packaging, um, were those, uh, patients that could be eliminated by charging a small fee to have it packaged. And, you know, I think this is true, um, for everybody, whenever you pay for something, you value it more. That's always the case. And so we offered it free to a sample group of patients for, um, a year and added on some here and there. And we decided, you know, we're going to, we're going to charge $9 a month to, to do the packaging. It's going to come, you know, we, we, we talked about everything it included as opposed to the price. Um, but $9 enough was enough after talking to that sample group of patients. Uh, and they, they saw it being worth it to still have their local pharmacy, somebody that they could come put eyes on and ask questions or, or wait until the last minute to package it because of a, a change that they were expecting. Um, they, they saw that $9 was appropriate for the value that it provided. And the people that, that, kind of abuse the situation, wouldn't, um, pick it up or, or, or were kind of problematic. They kind of self, uh, there was some self attrition there where they went, yeah, you know, I'll just, I'll go back to bottles and it's really better, uh, for them in a lot of ways that they, they stay on it because there's no amount of, um, counseling or, or intervention that I can provide, um, to, to get them to actually take their medication every day. Yeah, it's funny how uh, you you can give something away or or put a little bit of a fee on it and all of a sudden the perceived value of the exact same product uh, really, really can change. Absolutely. Yeah. So before we run out of time, uh, one of the things that I think is really cool, um, I saw your Facebook page and uh, you guys have a great Facebook page, by the way. Oh, that's all uh, due to my wife. She, (laughs) she, uh, she's great with managing, um, our social media and she does a heck of a job with it. Yeah. She, uh, she must be busy then because she's right next door and the, uh, and she's probably going to be mad at you for holding your coffee cup the wrong way. So you're not showing the logo. I'll have to flip it around. And there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, because I was, I was trying to order one of those and I was like, Oh no, it won't be here by the time we interview. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. One of the things I saw on your Facebook page was the mobile vaccinations. And so that's, super cool every year. Uh, this year, even more exciting than ever with uh, everything's in the news about COVID vaccinations and who knows what uh, 2021 is going to look like with vaccinations. But tell me just a little bit about how you've kind of launched that and and how you found success with that in the community. Um, well, you know, I, I think I, I prefer to go 
to businesses or um, businesses that we collaborate with and, and allow people to see who they speak to on the phone as often as we can. Um, and whenever we can do mobile clinics at, um, at local facilities or um, within clinics or um, at businesses, um, then, then it, it really, I think, benefits the patients a lot. Um, and it just allows them to see that, hey, this, this pharmacies they're really going to meet us where we're at, literally and figuratively, with regard to their health care. And, um, you know, a lot of people that wouldn't have ever considered going to an independent pharmacy, um, but then has a pharmacist come into their business and say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the pharmacist at Roden Smith or the local community pharmacy. And it's, it's, it's such good advertisement for, for your business. Um, and I, I think we've, we've gotten a lot of patients to transfer over because of those local um, mobile clinics that we do. And, you know, they're, they're pretty easy to do. It's the, one of the most efficient ways to give a bunch of flu shots. Um, oh, absolutely. Or, or any vaccine. We did one for, for the local school system, and they held it at their central office. And we had done it indoors for years past. But, you know, with, with all the, the COVID restrictions, especially in New Mexico, um, you know, they were, they were talking about canceling it and we said, let's, let's do it outdoors. You know, we, we can set up things where people can drive through and stay in their cars and we'll, we'll go out to their car and do it. And I, uh, we, um, we wouldn't have the time to do that without synchronization. I can promise you that. But, um, you know, we were able to push some things around with sync where we were doing some work a little early and um, had two pharmacists there uh, throughout the whole day, uh, switch shifts at around lunchtime, and the two other pharmacists finished out the rest of the day. And uh, I think we administered, uh, I want to say, 400 flu shots wow. in that day. And, um, you know, we just were always uh, refining that system to, to, be, uh, to check all the boxes that we have to check and be efficient. Um, and still provide what patients need. Um, and the mobile, the mobile clinics is just uh, one facet of that. And, you know, we, we have a great walk-in immunization uh, capacity here at the store, but, but we do enjoy going out to the clinics, uh, to the, doing the mobile clinics themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, like a, obviously the, um, you know, the fee for doing the immunizations is great. The uh, advertising is is great, but that's that's so much more than advertising. That's 400, you know, organic connections to people in your community that you just, it, it's hard to put a value on, on that because, uh, you know, you're literally putting your hands on somebody in the community and helping keeping them well. So, I mean, that's a, uh, that, that's a pretty great thing. And anytime you can impact that many people and, uh, and spread the good word about what you're doing over at uh, Roden Smith. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, make sure you're holding your coffee cup while you do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I'll have to find a way to incorporate that a little better. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like we are about out of time. I know you've got plenty to do there at the pharmacy. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and uh, look forward to see what you guys are doing in 2021. Absolutely. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on, Will. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Scripts, presented by the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please support our channel by liking, subscribing, and clicking the notification bell so that you'll be notified anytime we post new content. To stay up to date with all of the latest independent pharmacy news and content, follow Pioneer RX on your preferred social media platform.